Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome to episode 17 of Find Your Hum. I'm Kirsty, your host, and it's my birthday week. For those of you who don't know me, I love my birthday, and I mean absolutely love it. And no, it's got nothing to do with the presents. I just love the opportunity to celebrate me with those that I love doing the things that I love. And I mean, is there anybody else in the world worth celebrating more than ourselves? I think not. In fact, I don't just love my own birthday. I love making the birthdays of those around me special too. And if I'm completely honest, it's not really a birthday, more of a birthday week. So I have a whole week planned, filled with doing lots of cool stuff that I absolutely love doing with the people that I love doing it with. Now, last month, we looked at the connection between skin and gut health. This month, being my birthday month and all, I thought I would dedicate it to exploring ourselves a little bit more. First up, we have Leanna McNeil back on the podcast. Leanna joined us back in episode five and the feedback I received from that podcast was amazing. I just had to have her back on. Leanna's work combines therapeutic support, intuitive reading, energetic analysis and body-mind balancing. I'm not kidding you. Leanna really knows and understands that we are the experts on ourselves and she uses tools to help us bring a deeper awareness of that internal wisdom that we all have to truly uncover who we are and of course lead us to a life that makes us hum. Today we're exploring a concept called the drama triangle. It's quite a creative tool and it's used in psychotherapy or different modalities to teach and understand self and others. This model helps you see yourself and what you are doing and it also shows us that we are all the same and that we are all human. We look at the roles that we play in relationships and it's not just the romantic relationships. This really covers all relationships, even the ones with ourselves. Leanna explains each role, the not-so-empowered aspect of that role, coupled with, obviously, the empowered aspect, the medicine for each role, and how to get yourself out of a particular role if you find yourself stuck there. Leanna openly shares where she has played each role in different stages of her life. I know I certainly played, and quite frankly loved playing, the persecutor during the time in my life when I wanted to be Superwoman. And as you will hear, this can also build up some pretty high walls. I don't want to give anything away that Leanna is going to share, but let me just say, it has taken years of practicing the medicine for this persecutor to be able to crumble down those walls. And during the past 12 to 18 months, my victim has most certainly come online and in quite a strong way. And for someone that hasn't really played the role of the victim before, it was very interesting to see it reflected here, especially now that I've moved away from the role. Now you are going to hear in this episode a little section where Leanna's child and dog both make an appearance. Now I could have cut it out and she definitely said that I could, but I could leave it in. And I decided to leave it in because again, it shows that we are absolutely all human and you will just see how much Leanna 
is just so true and authentic. So I just had to leave it in because, quite frankly, I thought it was hilarious and loved it. Now, in preparation for this chat, I highly recommend getting a pen and paper. Not only are you going to want to take notes, but you may just have to do a little drawing yourself. Also, make sure there is no self-criticism and judgment. Remember, we all play each of these roles. We are all human. Use what you learn here to check in with what is showing up for you and also how you can actively move away from those sticky feelings. So today we have Leanna back and I'm not going to dive into her past like I normally do and how she got here because she has been in a previous episode. So head back to finding your ordinary life and loving it to get more of Leanna's greatness. But I had to have her back on because her episode was only left to me feeling all tingly and amazing, but I know it definitely did the listeners. So we had to do a part two. Uh, today we are going to investigate something that Leanna is super passionate about and she knows that she just gets amazing results and feedback when she does it. And it's kind of how we get stuck in the roles of those tricky kind of victim or rescuer style people and then kind of the cycles we get into that and then what we can do about it. So Leanna, do you want to give us a bit of an intro into that? Uh, Yes, thank you once again for having me on Find Your Hum. I love being a part of this incredible publication. I just love it. So thank you for sharing um, your space with me. My absolute pleasure. Yep, I really appreciate it. So to jump in, and talk about what you could call if our listeners want to learn more and uh, see um, the different articles that have been written about this, uh, they can Google drama triangle and drama mm-hmm. as in D-R-A-M-A. Yep, just nice. drama triangle. And I think that I would recommend that for people because most of us are visual in some way or another. So of course, we're going to talk about it here. But if you go on and just Google it, you're just going to be flooded. Your page will be flooded with um, visual drawings of of different people, different therapists, different um, you know experts in the field, analyzing it and 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 sharing even more information on it. But I definitely recommend Googling it. The other name of it would be Carpman, the creator of it. Uh, K A R P M A N. Carpman drama triangle but as I said if you put in drama triangle that will pretty much bring you what nice. you are looking for yeah I might have to okay. bring that up with we're doing it <laughs> yes yeah like because it's good to have a visual right and I would suggest to our listeners if they can to grab a pen and a paper because you're gonna want to take some notes you know there's gonna be some keywords that are gonna stand out to you as an individual you know all of us will gravitate to uh, different keywords that we talk about today, Kirsty. Yeah. And what will be happening is certain words will resonate with people because it's standing out as often a conflict they've had with someone will instantly come to mind as I'm sharing some of these words. The other thing that will come to mind is possibly your own recognition of self as well. Yeah, nice. Okay. I'm already looking so at pen- some of them and they're actually, yeah, I definitely highly recommend going and yeah, even looking getting that triangle it. up was you speaking about it. Yeah. It really helps. Yeah. It really helps. And then, um, 
because people will want to teach people that are there in relationship with about this stuff because uh, so the drama triangle is a social model of human interaction and is literally just another tool and I love tools because there's so many out there and I feel it's quite a creative tool and it's used in psychotherapy or in different modalities to sort of you know teach and um, understand self and other in another way. Another thing I lens. like about it too is like when you say relationships as, as I'm looking at this I think people instantly go to you know their partners as terms of relationships but this is to do with any relationship you have in your life oh yeah like yeah. this is recite this is you are you so Kirsty, me everyone else we are all cycling through these roles so there are roles that we play and we can get pulled into them by other people we can go into them through conditioning um, so we'll talk about that, um, like the role that is most familiar to us that we played in childhood in relationship to the roles that the people around us were playing. And what's really fascinating about this is it's a tool for self-reflection and self-reflection increases self-awareness, which gives you more choice. And then after more choice, you have more empowerment, you know, that it, it gives you a burst of empowerment, right? In your system. So this is another way to access that. And this is fun. Um, So let's dive in. Let's dive in. And before we Um, dive in, can we do this? Is this also about like relationship with self? Do you think we play these roles with ourselves as well? Because I love that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, we do it with ourselves because the everything is so all relationships are relational yeah. meaning we're the foundation of every exchange um so yes i love that you're so good just like in the first um podcast we did together with the interview i love the questions you ask you bring such great insight um yes so we will often play roles within ourselves and interact with others but what we're doing inside um, can play out with others. Yeah. Um, so when, once I once I give you some examples and we go into it, then bring that question again mm-hmm. because that will help me there. Because right now I'm like, oh, I feel like that question will fit once we get into it. Cool. Because you right. throw me there, but in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. I like how you're thinking. Because, you know, and I like why, why you said that, because it brings it back to self-empowerment. It's like the more we think about ourselves, the more we can change. Because as humans, we get so distracted with thinking about everyone else and yeah. what they're not doing right, what they're doing to bug us, what they're doing that drives us crazy. But that is not a place as empowering as just, you know, what am I doing? What could I be doing? And what choices do I have? So I love yeah. that. Cool. Okay. All right. So if you were to take, um, if, if someone does have a piece of paper or um, does Google, you know, this drama triangle is literally pretend that there's a triangle on a piece of paper. If you haven't already Googled it, there's a triangle on a piece of paper. So uh, the triangle has three points, right? And imagine that this triangle is a cycle of interaction. One point can be called the role of... Oh my gosh. <laughs> we like fur babies on this podcast, trust me. 
Okay. Sorry. Because my family's home. Okay. <laughs> so if you were to draw the triangle, at one point of the triangle, write down victim. Another point of the triangle, any, any position, you can write down rescuer. And then another point, you can write down persecutor. <laughs> My child is trying to get <laughs> This is killing me. This is killing me. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm recording an interview. Can we start again? <laughs> I can, lucky I can just cut all this out. <laughs> Although I do, can we I just do start find again? it hilariously funny. <laughs> I don't. I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, you can definitely include it or cut it out, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but just tell me where I have to start from because I've I got to re- reiterate myself here. I'm going to get back into it. Right. <laughs> So yeah, just start with the, draw the triangle on the bit of paper because that will probably start getting you back to okay, okay. Your, where your head's at. <laughs> yes, thank you. Jeez. Okay. So draw a triangle. Start there. And on the left point, draw, we'll draw persecutor. All right. So just write persecutor there. P-E-R-S-E-C-U-T-O-R. Then the next point head down the triangle and write victim in the next point and then head to the final point of the triangle and write rescuer. Now it's not so much about um, the points on the triangle, but I just think it's nice. And then when I talk to you guys now about the different aspects, you can jot them down underneath the name of that role. Okay. So the point about this tool is that This is what can happen when we go into conflict or this model can be used to identify the connection between your personal responsibility and and your personal power in conflicts or exchanges with others. So it sort of helps identify responsibility and your personal power and choices. And and you'll see it as we go into it, okay? Yeah. So um, just keep in mind these are shifting roles that we all go through. And before I start to go into it deeply, I want to sort of put a little bubble of white light around everyone so that when you hear yourself and you're like, oh my God, know that we are all doing it and that this is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't go into personal growth or want to kind of learn more about themselves because sometimes the shame is, it makes it worse. It's like we feel it makes us feel worse about ourselves. So I just want to put that out there um, that this is something that we all do. Okay. Also, because I know you used to do this with me when I used to come for sessions, is maybe grab a nice crystal that you feel particularly safe with and hold that because I always found that really nice when you did that with me. Yes, that's lovely. Because the thing about awareness is that when you increase awareness, you also increase a lot of other feelings that you feel. So um, sometimes, you know, personal work, I think that's maybe why people think, oh, I don't really want to see a therapist or I don't really want to go and dig that stuff up. It's like people think, you know, um, it's that there's, there's not good stuff in there. But what I want to highlight is that under a, a new awareness about yourself, there is lightness, there is joy, there is understanding, there is compassion, and there is choice. 
So it's a good thing. It's a good yes. thing that we're, we're doing this. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start with victim because I love sweet old victim. <laughs> and what I've noticed is that people like to hate on the victim. You know, no one wants to be the victim. Uh, no one wants to be a burden to others. Uh, no one, yeah, no one wants to be in that sort of that downtrodden space, you know, because the feeling of victim is um, like an identification with helplessness. Okay. So it's helplessness. Um, and this, this, if you were to speak the word, it would be poor me. Mm -hmm. I give up. I'm not okay. And everyone else is. Do you think there's no, that, people though that kind of like playing the victim? Because I know like from personal experience, sometimes it's very easy and almost safe to go into that role. Well, I wanted, that's a two part answer. So one, um, I don't think anyone likes it, but I, but, but I don't know. I, Cause I think if you said to someone, if I could guarantee you a passage out of this, this space, this feeling, mm -hmm. would you, you know, would you take it? Like, you know, if, cause I don't know if people like it because it's not fun. I think people would do anything to get out, but it's more complicated than that sometimes. Yeah. Right. Because if, if someone has been in a victim role from a very young age, they might not have access, like conscious access to the part of themselves that are the opposite of that. So they might not have a conscious awareness of their powerful part. They might not have a conscious awareness of their creativity and their problem solving abilities and their, their ability to be resourceful. Yeah. So the thing about being in a role is if you're in it for a long time, if you do one for like your whole life, you don't even know what's on the other side of that. And yet, let me tell you, your, your resourcefulness and all those other things I listed are in you waiting to be discovered, right? But mm -hmm. if you don't have enough support to access those other parts of you, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Um, and I know that it looks like um, sometimes other people get, we get worn down if there's someone in front of us that is showing up as a victim, you know, in their helplessness. And it appears like they are doing nothing to help themselves. It appears like they're staying there by choice. And I would say on some level, perhaps, but I would also say that I don't think anyone would stay in victim if they, ha if they felt they had, like if they felt they had other options. So, yeah, you know, we're delving, sense. yeah, like we're delving into, um, but, but it's fair to say that we also can get frustrated with people who um, don't help themselves when we feel that the answers are so obvious. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing about that is that, so let's say as a psychotherapist, you might think that I have more wisdom because I'm supporting someone. I don't. I don't have more wisdom about myself. I have to go, I go and get support and get help with myself because we cannot see ourselves as much as we see others in some ways. Yep. Like, you know, we all know that. We all know we can read someone and go, yep, that's your problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's so why. it's so easy but, to do it for other people. <laughs> yeah, but we so we all need help, all right. And so with the victim, the two, the other part I wanted to mention is that having access to your victim is is absolutely vital to your health and well being, because if you don't have access to your victim, then you are not doing a complete process of self. 
So let's say there are times in our lives when there's a season for falling apart. There's a season for grieving. There's a season for feeling, um, you know, everything that could be there, helpless to circumstance. So there, there are moments in life that demand of us that we move and acknowledge our victim self. And I, for one, appreciate the victim because she is responding to the life around her. So she's vital to like breath. She's like breath. Okay. Yeah. What, but what we talk about here is the difference between getting stuck, getting stuck and living life from the, the energy of this place. And no, you know, no one wants that. No one wants that. And we don't want that for, for each other. So, but people, do they get stuck there? Yes. So also do people get stuck in rescuer and so all do also do people get stuck in persecutor and there's sacrifices that are made for each role when, when you stay in there too long. So we'll go into that. So how's that sound so far? Yeah, it's good. Okay. So the victim, the, some of the words of feeling victimized, depressed, helpless, hopeless, I know that one. Then that tells me, oh yeah, back then I did feel victimized. I did feel like everyone else had it together and I didn't, you know, my life was not good and I felt like everyone else's was. So I really resonate with those words, but I'll offer some more for our listeners. Powerless, ashamed, um, unable to make decisions, stuck, can't solve problems, can't take pleasure in life or achieve personal insight. So the role there with the victim is, is the helplessness, okay? And so what often they, they look for is then, and this is unconsciously, of course, they're looking for someone to rescue them, okay? Tell me what to do. Give me the answers, right? And who doesn't relate to that? Like, don't you relate to that, Kirsty? You're like, oh my oh, God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so do I. So this is where I want to highlight the healthy aspect of this role she's necessary right so beautiful so that's the rescuer or that's sorry that's the victim so we'll go into rescuer rescuer is also totally adorable and again we all have aspects of rescuer you know if i was to do a um you know a, a positive reframe on her i could even call her like the nurturer mm-hmm. like if she's in a healthy state yeah. you know this, this love of nurturing those around us, you know, um, motherhood, you know, any of those things. So again, it's important, integral to our life, you know, to move into like this place where we are willing to support others, but rescuers is really interesting. And this is the one where I find a lot of listeners may get a little bit like, Oh, that's me. Yep. Because it goes. So the saying is, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me give you the answers. I'll do that for you is a big one. Mm-hmm. Like here, give, here, give that, give that to me. I'll do it. Yeah. Right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So um, a rescuer is um, also, there's an aspect though of um, enabling because they um, will often try to do for the rescuer things that the rescuer could, or they'll try to do the rescuer will try to do things for the victim someone who's stuck in that helpless, hopeless place that they'll do it for them or they'll do too much for them or they take it on themselves. They take it on. Right. If, if I can give you an analogy of the rescuer when it's, when it's kind of doing its thing is let's say a person 
is standing in front of a computer and they're going, oh, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. So they're in a bit of that, you know, victim moment. And, and again, see how that's healthy. Like they're a bit overwhelmed. They're yep. labeling it. They're, they're there. Then another person comes and say a rescuer and goes, ah, here, let me do it. Pushes the victim out of the way, takes over and starts you know, clip clopping on the keys. Now that rescuer probably has a thousand and one things already on their plate that day, but in that moment pushes the, pushes the victim away, starts taking it over as their own. Right mm-hmm. now that is sort of the rescuer. It's like, it takes on too much. And what happens with the rescuers takes on too much, takes on too much, can put self last, can stop self caring, can forget one's own needs. And is, is can get, just get really overwhelmed with focusing on everyone else but themselves. Yeah. And the tricky bit with this one is where, see, the persecutor, even hearing that word, you kind of go, oh, oh I, don't, I don't know if I want to be that one. But if you hear rescuer, you know, you could even think knight in shining armor, right? Or yeah. like, oh, lovely, lovely, so capable, so wonderful. Um, and that's all true. But then there's another aspect. Each of these points have... Um, benefits and challenges. So one of the the challenges of the rescuer is um, that they can use focusing on others as a way to specifically avoid their own issues. Do you know what? That's so funny you say that because literally what I was thinking. I'm like, are they just hiding from something else? <laughs> yeah, like they're they're they keep themselves busy with the other, the other, the other. Yeah. And then that, and, but, but it goes deeper than that. And I want to, just like I showed the love of the victim around tragedy or trauma or, you know, crappy times, um, how beautiful the victim is, you know, that, that it, it, it's has a place. The rescuer also has this beautiful softness embedded in its, in, in what it's doing and how it's playing out this role. Because uh, when someone is so used to rescuing and being the one that everyone comes to for support, um, but maybe sometimes doesn't get it themselves. Um, they might be good at giving support, but they're they're not always good at receiving, right? Um, they, I think they would also be, they wouldn't know how to ask for it either sometimes. Yeah, like if you think everything is a balance, like everything has balance, a natural order. So if if I if I'm a, if I'm really good at supporting others, always offering to others, I'm flexing that muscle but I may be then filling in a lot of that space in my interactions with others with giving. Yeah. And I may not be leaving a lot of room for receiving. Right. And if you're, and if you don't practice something, it can start to make you uncomfortable. You know, if you're, you know, like you're used to, you just get hardwired, you get hardwired and almost to the point where if you're in a role or let's say the rescuer, it's like a default. Yeah. I have to help this person. Ugh, I have to do this for them. Like it's a default. Yeah. But if you know this, you can stop, you can take a breath and you can go, Oh my gosh, I feel my rescuer wants to help them. Um, and then you can ask yourself, is that going to be a useful um, way for me to spend my time today? You know, is that, is that, is that going to make me feel good? Is that going to fill me up? Because, you know, giving fills up, like giving to others can fill us up or giving to others when we don't want to can take our energy. Right. Also, do you think giving to others when maybe 
at the rescue that you may feel that that person needs it, but maybe the victim actually doesn't. And being able to read that situation and say, well, yes, I can see this person could do with my help, but they probably need to do it themselves and being able to understand that. Yes. So beautiful. Beautifully said. Um, It is such a fine dance. A rescuer in a weird way when it goes into an enabling. So when it pushes someone out of the, away from the computer and then takes over themselves, instead of taking the time to teach the person or to have the patience or to say, well, you know what, right now I can't really help you with that, mm-hmm. but maybe, you know, tomorrow I can sit at the computer and we can go through it. Um, when you enable, you keep the person, it's like you may, you're, you're creating a maintenance of their victim self. Yes. So you're contributing to them staying, you know, not, I should say to them staying there, but you're playing a part because you're not, you know, you're not teaching the man to fish. You're just grabbing the rod. Yeah. So what do you think they're going to do next time? They're going to hand you the rod. So they're never going to learn to fish. But then this talks about having to manage our emotions around guilt. If we don't help when we know we could, but the other pieces, learning how to help in empowering ways, like learning how to help in an empowered way where you, you know, where you help the person um, step out of their victim as opposed to help them in a way that keeps them there. Yeah. So you teach them to fish. Yeah. Or you have a boundary and you say no and you go and have a hot bath. And you empower them to find another way. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll talk about that. Like I'm going to, I'll do the healthy aspects. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll, I'll do once I've gone through each one, then I'm going to go back around and we're going to do the healthy aspects. We're going to do the medicine mm-hmm. um, for each one um, and how to get yourself out. Very nice. Okay. So yeah, so that's, so that's sort of rescuer, right? Let me help you. Um, but I'm, but I'm also going to keep you dependent on me in the way that I help you. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the gold. That's the gold because anyone in helping another person, if you dig into yourself and ask yourself, is part of me feeling good that they need me so much is part of me feeling better than them, smarter than them more capable than them and does that not feel kind of nice yeah right does that not give me a hit of yes right so that would be true for me you know if i'm if i'm rescuing someone um so the rescuer looks really nice and 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 shows up like helping but if you dig deeper um there there there's the part about avoiding their own problems and getting and getting distracted with other telling everyone else what to do. (laughs) And, um, and the other part is enabling the person to stay there. Yes. You know? Yeah. So just going to turn my page here because I took some notes. Um, so I didn't want to forget anything because there's so much juiciness in this. Okay. So persecutor. So the persecutor is, you know, some people could say bully. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, bully. Yep. And they have a tendency to blame others. 
they can be critical. Excuse me. They can also do, um, it's all your fault. They often can actually be quite expressive um, th uh, through like a criticism, um, like a dominating, bossy, gosh, rigid, superior, authoritarian, angry, oppressive, controlling. Like these are just parts of it. And again, just like the other two parts, I want to say that there are parts here in Persecutor that I really admire around the persecutor is willing to say things that maybe others wouldn't. Like I really like how the persecutor is really transparent. Yeah. It's like, here it is. Whereas the rescuer is like, you know, savior, but underneath, uh, you know, you, you don't, don't change too much because I like being needed. Yeah. That persecutor you know, is going to have no problem saying no. Oh, and, and I don't like that. Yeah. You know, so, so there's a real, there, there's some, a real skill set um, in, in the persecutor. There's a real skill set in the victim, you know, so the rescuer's skill set, just to go back, the rescuer's skill set would be capable. The victim's skill set would be um, really good at receiving. Yeah. Right. It might not be receiving what it needs <laughs> to move out of it, but it's really good at receiving and being vulnerable. Um, and persecutors really good at expression, I would say, yep. um, and calling a spade a spade. So sort of calling the elephant in the room. And I would even say standing up for oneself. Like I know it can come across as a bully, but um, there's something I like about it in um, its clarity and its ownership of self. Right. So I think it, it's one of its skills is that it takes ownership. Like it, it says it says, sees and says, I'm really actually being attracted to the more positive energy of the persecutor. Like that, yeah. like you said, that really kind of knowing who they are and just being like, no, yes. Or yes. Like, I don't know. It does, it does kind of feel yes. empowering in a way, not in that horrible bullyish kind of way. Yes. I love your clarity, knowing who they are. Right. And I think, you know, where you stand with the persecutor and, and for us going into five dimensional, like heading into the future where everything in our systems is getting more and more hardwired for, um, for less about words, less of a need of words and more we're, we're learning more about energy. So one thing I like about persecutor is, you know, where you stand, there's clarity there. Yeah. Right. It's, there's nothing coercive. It's just like this or that. So I, I admire them for that. Um, so um, the persecutor can um, bully others, get frustrated by victims, um, get overwhelmed by the victim energy. Um, it can drain it. It can have enough of it. It doesn't like it. Like what else there? Um, yeah, I think it's just, it can be a bit overcritical, sometimes maybe a bit mean. Yeah. Okay. A bit too blunt. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it doesn't speak with, you know, it could, it could be a bit more diplomatic at yeah. times. Yeah. Right? So then to cycle around again, what I would say is each point allows us to express different parts of us. And we, have, we do have choice, even though if we get pulled into an exchange with someone, um, you know, our emotions get high, it can be hard to show up in a, in a healthy version of self-expression. Um, but this can help give you tips on how to do that. 
and how to reclaim yourself um, in, in, the, in the relationships once, you know, if you get fired up or triggered, this can help you kind of find your way back home to yourself. And why do I say that? Because, because each one allows you to experience different parts of yourself. So it's really funny if I can just show you a recycling, like how's how you can move through the different points. Yeah, because it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, they're a victim. No, they're spending time over there too. Like, because watch this. If you're a victim, like if you're in the moment and you feel helpless and hopeless, and then you get someone coming over and, and telling you, I've had enough of this, get up out of bed. You should be over that by now, blah, 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 blah. You might get fired up and you might then start to come out with your self-expression. Like there's a lot, there can be a lot of rigidity in the victim if they don't want to, like if they refuse to change. Yeah. Like it's cause it's kind of funny. So it's like it, a victim could get bullied into being a persecutor themselves. Yep. Right. But a funny one is that I like is the rescuer is, I like this one. So the rescuer say is doing, doing, doing for everyone else. Cause I feel that's the one that's the most encouraged yeah. in subliminal ways in our society. Right. Do I think it's others, especially for women. Yes. The nurturers. Yes. Yep the carers, right? The caretakers. And again, you know, across the board, it doesn't matter what sex you are or how you identify. Um, but traditionally, yes, women in the mothering role, right? Yep. But all that seems to be changing, right? But anyway, oh, absolutely. Um, so the rescuer gives, 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 and that is acceptable behavior. You know, it's applauded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gives, gives, gives. Then they start to run on empty. And, and because they're not leaving any room to get filled up by others or fill themselves, fill their own cup, then they literally start to run out of energy and it's not sustainable long-term, right? So then they get the feeling will come online, which will be resentment. So if our listeners from today take nothing except this point, I'm happy. Resentment is your friend because it alerts you when your glass has just like your fuel tank or your glass has just gone under half full. So as you start to run on empty or your reserves are getting lower, resentment is the emotion that will alert you to that. And I love that one. I didn't learn that till I became a mom and I started getting pissed off. (laughs) I was Oh boy, oh boy. And thank God, being a therapist, I was able to go boop, 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 connected the dots and went, I'm going to teach people this one. Yep. So resentment's your friend. So what happens is the rescuers start to get resentment, resentful, and usually at the victim or the victims that they're helping, right? The people they're helping, they start to get resentful. Then they start to move into victim themselves mm-hmm. because they're tired, they're overwhelmed. So if you hear yourself say, I'm so overwhelmed. Um, if you're starting to resent, then check out. Like, that's a really good telltale for a rescuer, like the rescuer aspect of self to just do a check in and say, Have I been focusing on others? Am I giving out a bit more than I have left to give? Or have I not gotten that massage lately? So you don't have to be in the role of rescuer, you can connect to it as an aspect you know, just as an energy. So it's like, okay, 
So I'm starting to feel victimized. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. I'm starting to get shitty. So then you're heading down into victim, right? And then as you head down to victim, guess what you might do? You will start to think like critical thoughts about often the people around you that you're helping or the people around you that love you but aren't helping you. Yeah. So you started rescue, you're heading down into victim, and then you're ending, well, and persecutors coming online with victim. So my advice is don't hang out anywhere too long. <laughs> yeah, keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, but true, because the remedy for victim, victim's really good at receiving. Yep. So that's why the rescuer starts to head down there. Because they know they can start getting the love. Like they can start receiving. Like it's so cute, right? So that's just like one example, right? And then they start persecuting. Then they start calling their friends and talking about the, the other person and bitching because, um, because they're tired. Yeah. And they need a rest. So each point has medicine. Each one has a medicine. Okay. So um, – are you still with me? Because it's hard. It's harder for, I just want to make sure I'm not losing you because no. I keep doing lots of words. Okay. Yep. No, absolutely. So thank you. So medicine. So these are ways that we can check in. Like if we use these three aspects, we can use them as a check-in to increase our own awareness and then adapt and adjust our behavior as needed for us. Okay. For us to feel good. So for example, uh, rescuer. If I'm starting to feel, as I said, resentful and overwhelmed, check in. Am I giving too much? Have I dropped my self-care? Those are the two questions I would encourage people to ask. Am I giving too much? And then, and then go, and where? Like, and is there an imbalance in my giving? Yep. All right. And you'll know whether it's at work, you're staying way too late, and now you're getting resentful. Um, like you'll know where you're doing it or it's that one person you, you're offering maybe more to and you're not having a boundary on or a limit on how much you're giving. So absolutely giving following it? that resentment, I think that is like so yes. key. as soon as like, if you're not sure where it is, yeah, absolutely yes. drop into that resentment. Like that just makes so much sense. I'm writing that down too, hun, like as a way to like teach it to my clients going forward as well. So thank you. So giving too much, track the resentment, and you know what? And this is, this is not a special ability. We all can do this. We can track what, what is from what. So if you track the resentment and you go, where is this coming from? What is this around? If you ask yourself that, you'll know. Mm-hmm. You will get an image. You will get a word. You will get a picture. You know, it'll come to you. It's that person. It's that thing. Like, you'll know. All right? And so then... The thing is, the, the medicine for this one is to stop, say no, right, and do some form of self-care. So it's, it's turn away from others and turn into caring for self. And I love that about a rescuer because a rescuer has a lot of love to give. Yep. And they really do have empathy for others. Like They're, they're quite beautiful. Um, so I love that. I love that. Okay. But you got to give it to you. Yeah. You got to give it to you. So you know, you can care for others. You know, you're good at action because that's another thing about them. They're good at action. Rescues are good at action. They can get stuff done to so the capable, right? So be capable for you. 
be capable for you. So if I was going to give myself the care that I give so easily to everyone else, what would that look like this week? What would that look like today? What would that look like tomorrow? So that's how you reset. Okay. That's, that's one way to reset. This is something I'm offering, you know, how I, how I see it. So that's a great way to reset. Now the victim, the victim, I did this reset and on myself. So this is what I came up with on the victim. Um, the victim, the, the strength is receiving and vulnerabilities. I've said the medicine is creative problem solving or personal creativity. So the medicine for victim is figuring out what you need, not, and then, and then initiating from that place. So I'll give you an example. I was driving to work. It was years ago, so I'm not quite sure of the exact details, but I was upset and I started crying. So something didn't go my way or something happened. So I was crying and I was upset. And then I remembered this. I remembered this. And then I remembered that the only way out of victim is through self-creativity and, and a problem, a solution. So it's like a creative solution. And I remembered that. So then I went, okay, so stop crying now. And I wasn't mean. I just went, stop crying now. I know you're upset. You've every right to be. So there's right loving the victim, every right to be upset. Now, we know that we can't stay in victim and move forward. Because that's the only thing with victim is that you can't be in victim and move forward. They, they're two different places, right? So I remember saying to myself, this thing is scaring you or whatever. It's upsetting you. It's taking away your sense of security. So you want to address it, Leanna. So enough now with the crime. Let's get creative. What's the first step? And it was about like getting information, you know, the first step. And it was, you know, and it'll come to you if you ask yourself the question, what's the first step? Let's get creative. And it was, I need to make a phone call to someone who knows about this stuff. And I don't even, I don't even remember what the problem was, but I remember in the time I was upset. Yeah. So I knew I had to make a phone call to someone um, and not to be rescued, but to get information to be my first step um, at, for my creative solution. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't have the whole thing worked out. That's the thing with, the, with coming out of the victim role. You just have to get your first step. You just have to get your first step. So does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because they're good at receiving, but they're not so good at making something happen for themselves. So they, they're not that good at initiating. They're just busy waiting, right? Waiting to receive. So no, stop, take a big breath. You got this. Now what's the, what's something you can do that will help you feel better or move forward towards what you want? Okay, it's so really that's just that medicine. first step, isn't it? It's not looking too far yeah, down no. because that's just going to pull you straight back into the victim. <laughs> yeah. And you know what else I want to say for victim? Like sometimes we get scared, like things happen and, and it is overwhelming. So if you do not have to know everything, you ju- it's really just that first step. But it's, it's knowing much like with the resentment, it's knowing this is a choice. I can't move forward and stay here. And I can't stay here in the energy of helpless. I can't stay here. So yeah. I need to, I need to figure it out. So that's nice. That's nice. Right. Yeah. And then the persecutor, um, blame, um, better than 
um, often the narrative of, you know, they've hurt me or uh, it's like a narrative. There's like a narrative here, you know, I've been hurt. And so um, um, screw you being critical. But the, 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 the challenge with this role is that it doesn't feel good. You know, you're angry or you're critical or you're, you're judgment, you're judgmental. So it's not a very nice vibration. It's not a very nice soup to be sitting in. So uh, the medicine for the persecutor is vulnerability, mm-hmm. which I <laughs> love. Yes. So I, I actually um, identify with the persecutor. I identify with it. Yeah, because looking back, I think you know. Um, and mom, love you when you listen to this, because <laughs> um, I know she's going to. Um, mom, I think at times would get stuck in, or what, this is what I know for sure. Because my mom gave me all the gifts of me, like how I'm expressive, how I'm soulful, how I um, can do cool things. Like that's all from my mom. My writing, it's all from my mom, right? Self-expression, all from her. So thanks, mom. And, but, and at times I remember growing up and I remember there was an aspect of her that she would move into more of like a victim. Mm-hmm. And I remember I did persecutor to her victim. Yep. So I identify with this one, you know, where I just was like, I don't want you to keep talking about your problems. Um, even though I've become a therapist, ha ha. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want you to keep talking about your problems. Like, um, and I remember I would be critical and judgmental and also I have to be honest. I used to think I was better. Like yep. I'm better. I'm better. I'm better. Well, now I know I'm not and that we're all just doing the best we can, but I identify with that one. And if you, if you, if I look back now in those moments, my vulnerability was offline. Right. And so I was tough and I was critical and I was just get it done, but my vulnerability wasn't there. And so when I was hurt or I, you know, I think in those moments I maybe needed something from my mom, but didn't, didn't articulate it. So maybe instead of saying, getting angry at her, I could have said, you know, it upsets me when you talk like this or mom, I need something from you. Like it would have been a different exchange. Yep. And I, I noticed that this one, even a couple of years ago when I first learned about this, because I had a friend and I wrote a message, do you want to meet me for lunch? And she wrote, no, I can't, I'm busy. And then I wrote back, um, and I'm embarrassed because she's going to hear this as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Christina. Um, And I wrote back, um, don't worry, I made other other plans anyway. So because I was rejection. Yeah. It's like I couldn't handle it. (laughs) I was so, and I'm so embarrassed. That was like two years ago, two years ago, like maybe three. But I remember I drove by and, uh, drove by her place. Her car was in there. Instead of being vulnerable, you know, oh, I'm sad. I really want to connect with you. I love being with you. It was, doesn't matter. I already made plans. Yes. Right. So if you, if, if that one ticks you at all, then what I decided to do with this was I decided to start practicing my vulnerability more because that told me so if, if you're really resonating with rescuer people, then it's going to tell you, you need to resonate, uh, practice an experiment with more self-care and, um, and, and not doing as much for people. And, you know, mine, the persecutor, I, ha- I wanted to practice my vulnerability and owning my feelings. I'm sad. That can right? be really hard my, to do because, again, I remember 
get a session with you. Tell me. And I yeah. had to be, I was not very good at being vulnerable. I definitely always sat in there. No, this is the way it's happening. And this is just what's going on. So everyone else fall in line with it. And, but almost to a detriment when you're not being vulnerable, you're not asking for what you want either. So even though you think that you may be getting everything you want by, you know, just almost demanding it, you're definitely mm. not. And that's something that I did learn. Um, but I did remember at the time being quite open and vulnerable with a guy that I was dating um, when we were having a session. And needless to say, it didn't go my way. And mm. <laughs> I remember opening up to him and him just like, yeah, unfortunately that's not the way I'm feeling. And just, oh, like it hurts. Like, ouch. Yeah. And being vulnerable can also lead you to that place of being hurt, which I then, I suppose, shoots you straight back into that victim, doesn't it? And then you're like, oh, like, you know, just go back into your shell. And yeah, so that persecutor and victim can be very closely linked with that vulnerability. Yes. Well done. Like you're so clear. You help me get clear because then I'm, as you're speaking, I'm hearing fear of rejection. And in a way I'll reject you. So I don't need you or I'm yep. telling you how it is. Yep. So I don't need you so that you can't reject me. Yep. Right. Well, but well, you're well, rejecting <laughs> others. Yeah. But you're rejecting others by not needing Yep. Like there's, there's rejection almost there. And I was the same. I was like, I'm too tough. I'm too cool. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and yet uh, since doing my vulnerability experiment, oh my gosh, um, it has helped me become more grounded, more in flow and more connected with myself, which is ultimately what we want. Um, because the, it broke down the walls that also kept me from me because there was a falseness that came online when I pretended I didn't need mm-hmm. It's a falseness. Yep. So I was being false. I was moving and I can, I still remember when I did texted her back and went, nah, it doesn't matter. I actually like lost the lovely vibration that I was sitting in. Like, cause there's like an authenticity, you know, that beautiful, there's a vibration of authenticity. And then there's a vibration when we do these other things, these manipulative throws that we're human and we all do you know because we get hurt or what have you so I, I I'm now even more authentic even owning more and I feel more empowered um, since practicing the vulnerability so I imagine uh, a rescuer will feel more empowered the more they practice their own self-care the yeah. more they practice resetting to their own needs a victim will feel more empowered when they learn that they have the answers in themselves. They know they can figure out a strategy, a solution. They can take the first step. They can use their creativity. And what is really interesting here, and I believe this to be true, and I'm just getting it right now um, through the energetics of this. It's like showing itself to me. A victim is the victim role is, is keeping you um, not seeing your own creativity. Mm-hmm. The uh, rescuer role is keeping you from connecting to your own value of who you are as a person, not not who you are as what you do for others. And yes. what's the persecutor? Because I got, I saw those two. 
what did I just say? So the rescue, uh, the rescuer is like, I reckon no, if we go to the persecutor, I think yes. it would be when you're, yeah, like when you're stuck in that persecuting role and yeah. I even think it's not necessarily out to other people, but I think sometimes that persecutor, even to yourself, like that internal persecutor yes. really stops yes. you opening up and being vulnerable but that really does stop you from dropping into who you are and what you actually need yes and i'm getting it the persecutor literally is when you're doing those aspects where's your where's your vulnerability so it's it's almost like each of these roles or each of these aspects is showing you what you've moved away from yeah so you've moved away from your creativity victim you've moved away from vulnerability and persecutor and you've moved away from self-care in rescuer yeah so it's literally that's that is i think a really great simple simplified way to see it Mm. yeah because then you can go you go looking for it then you just go looking for it you just go looking for where's my vulnerability oh shit i'm hiding it damn okay let's practice tomorrow let's practice again pull our vulnerability socks on. Let's do this. Let's, and it's an experiment, right? We're experimenting with these parts. So just to add one, a little final piece on this healthy. Um, so I don't want to say healthy, unhealthy as though right, wrong, because people innately want to get everything right. You know, yay, good girl. Um, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in authenticity, compassion for self, right? Not so much black and white, but more just being able to have compassionate for, compassion for who you are at any given time. But if we were going to kind of label this because people understand healthy, unhealthy, mm-hmm. what I would say is in this triangle, the, I would maybe even say the positive or empowered expression of rescuer. Yeah. Let's call it empowered as opposed yep. to right, wrong. Yep. The empowered and aligned expression of rescuer is coach. Mm-hmm. It's coach. Yep. So it, it is. So remember when I said earlier that um, the, the person standing from the computer, freaking out, stressed out, you come and you push them away. This is instead you come, you place their hands, your hands on their back and you say, I'm here for you. You got like you're, this. You're cheerleading them from the sideline, not doing it for them. Not doing it for them. So you, you're there. So this is cute. This can help people who are natural rescuers. You go, Maybe you, maybe you're, you know, maybe you want to use that in, in an empowered place to coach people. Yep. Right. If you've got those skills, victim, um, healthy is actually creative. It's actually creative and it's survivor. So it's survivor and thriver. So instead of over identifying and being swallowed up by your, um, your experiences that have been hard, you identify how far you've come. You identify how much you've learned. You identify your resource, your resource rich because of your experiences. I like that driver. I think that's really quite positive. Yeah. Yeah. And it is right. It is, it is. And then persecutor challenger because, you know, it's like, and that is, I have to say as a therapist, that's one of my favorite things about my style is that I poke. Like I challenge, (laughs) I challenge my clients, right? Like I'll find the thing in your story 
that you're holding on to and I'll just feel it and then lovingly, gently, but still with a challenge, I will challenge, you know, I challenge you on it. But in that moment, there's a setting free as well. So it's like, I love that. And if I look through someone, a therapist or someone to help me, I look for an aspect of the challenger because I know that they will encourage me to grow and help me, you know, go evolve. Yep. So I think, I think that that is, you know, the challenger and also the challenger in the person who will call out what is not right in the world. The yep. person who will say that's not okay. So that is beautiful. And, and we need aspect. those people, don't we? Yeah. And it's in all of us. Yep. It's in all of us. Yeah. It's interesting because oh. when, I'm, when I'm in victim mentality, I actually like a persecutor and I will go and seek out a persecutor more so than a rescuer because I don't need to be, I don't like having things done for me, <laughs> even if I'm in yes. victim mentality. And yes. interestingly, my decision to move to England come when I was very much sitting in my victim and not really knowing I knew I wanted to get out of it, but not really understanding how to. And I did call up a couple of friends and I was just like, you need to tell me what to do. Like, and the friends that I called weren't going to be like, you know, nice about it. Like they were nice about it, um, but like not in a, well, let's do this for you. They would be, I know they're persecutors that empowered me to be able to do what I did. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I think, yeah. That's lovely. The persecutor doesn't have to be, like you said, so bullying. You can do it. No. You can challenge someone in a very empowering way. Yes. Great. I love that distinction. And can I add, um, I remember I um, added this to another class when I taught this and I just thought of it now is, okay, so what to do, something that can help. This is around contracting. Mm-hmm. Um so I love you just use that example. So I'll call my friends and I'll go, do you have, so I contract, do you have five minutes or 10 or whatever I need? So I go, do you have 10 minutes? First of all, is this a good time? So I'm contracting, I'm checking things out. Is this a good time? Then they say yes or no. Then we go from there. Let's say they said yes. Then I go, okay. So, and then I tell them what I need. I need you to just listen so I can get it out of my body. Mm-hmm. I need you to just listen so I can have a bitch right? I just need to bitch. Or I say, um, I need, I'm going to talk and then I need you to tell me what to do. But see how there's ownership of the victim? Yeah. Like I literally said, tell me what to do. So see how you're owning it, right? And so that's really, really healthy. That's really healthy to honor. I have no idea. Give me, give me what you would do, right? And the other side of that is this other piece, which is also about contracting with people is you call someone and you say, I don't want your advice. I just want you to listen. Yeah. I I just want to talk. So this is really, really helpful is to teach people what you need. Right. And so a rescue, if you call a rescuer and you don't tell them that you don't want them to rescue you or that you don't want them to problem solve for you, how the heck do they know? How do how do they know? Because it's probably, probably usually what, what they do for you. So you yep. call and you say, I don't actually want you to, to um, give me the answers. I just want to you know, have a cry about it or get angry about it yep. and listen. So that's helpful because rescuers are always in, you know, they are, we're, we're all trying to help each other. I but actually if we, did that 
very thing with yeah. my mum when I was going through hard mm. times and obviously like you because you, the first person you tend to go to if you've got a loving relationship with them is your mum because they're the person that comforted you when you were younger. Um, so you go, well, I personally go to my mum with my problems. But, um, yeah, she would automatically go into problem solving or you could actually see her almost taking on my pain, which then yes. obviously caused me pain as well. Cause I'm like, I don't want, like, I just don't want that for you. And I said, I just need you to listen to me. Cause often once I've got it out, I'm fine. Mm. Like I've moved on yes. and she's still holding on to it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not okay either. So yeah, yes, making that contract first, she now knows she just has to listen to me. I don't need her to fix it for me. I just need mm. her to be there to blurt it out. Yes, and um, and provide that space for you just to to figure, and also just in a weird way, you know, like you, you you to provide the space for you just to do you, like yeah. just to do the cycle. Yeah. Um. But see how you took the guesswork out by yeah. telling her, because we think we're supposed to do this for each other. Like everyone thinks we're supposed to be solving each other's problems, you know. But but we, I'll give you an example. We all can relate to. You know, when you are sharing with someone about something that's bothering you and they give you unsolicited advice, Mm -hmm. it feels almost like a put down. Like, just picture it. Picture you're talking about yourself and then someone swoops in and they start telling you all the things that you didn't ask for because you're not saying you don't know. You're not saying you don't got this. You're just saying in this moment, I want to express my disappointment about this thing or my frustration. And then when you receive unsolicited advice, which we all think is helpful, it's not. Because unsolicited advice makes us feel like it's just not, it doesn't hit the mark as, as, as someone saying, wow, that sucks. Yeah. Or, wow, you know what? I would feel the exact same way if that happened to me are you okay? Or let me buy you a coffee. Like that's so different than jumping into, well, you know what I would do, but they're not asking that. They want you to uh, hear them, see them. And this is one of the basics I learned in psychotherapy. And it was really quite overwhelming for me to learn this because I'm an advice giver like everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely am so an advice like, giver. Yeah, we do. We do. And again, so this is the white light. White light ourselves, everyone. White light, white light. We're all learning together. Um, when I heard it, I was like, oh my God. And I was thinking about how many times I give advice. And But then it makes sense, right? Because if you're tuned in, which we are all getting more and more tuned into the energies of each other, you can feel when you give advice that is unsolicited and then you can feel that the person doesn't really like it. Yeah. Like we are literally feeling all of this. You don't like it when you have it happen to you and they don't like it when you do it to them. So I try to, to practice the, the unsolicited advice, but I'm only human. So I still give it right. But, uh, I'm getting better. Um, and what I usually do now, and it becomes second nature when you try these different things. But what I usually do now is I say something about, you know, how they're feeling like, yeah, that makes sense. So I just validate, and it's true. Like I would validate that. And then I would say, um, like I would ask them, yeah. like, are you looking for advice? And they'll, they'll say no. 
They're not because like, damn it. they were. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, damn, I have to sit on this. But I mean, but we're going to give such. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're you're chomping at the bit, right? You're chomping. Yeah. So you're like, I I know what I would say. Um, but yeah, we're getting into you know a lovely territory here of just supporting listeners and to think about and to see and identify themselves and the people around them in their everyday lives. And I get really excited about this work for that. Um, because it's stuff that we're not taught in school that I believe is extremely important because what takes most of our energy in life relationships with others. Mm -hmm. If we were just walking on the planet alone, like we'd kind of be okay. It's it's we're here to do a lot of work, personal work and to learn about ourselves and to learn and grow through relationships. So I think this stuff is like really great to be sharing. Absolutely. Cause when you understand, mm. I think your role in other relationships but also yourself it just i don't know it's, it's so much easier to show up in the world from both of those perspectives yes and so to the question you asked in the very beginning about you know is this model about you for you just as it is about you in a relationship i would say yes because this model helps you see yourself and what you're doing yep that's it but also so it really, actually allows yeah. to, for me, like I can see this play out inside my head because I'm spending a lot of time in my head <laughs> and I can see myself doing all those roles internally as well. <laughs> it's quite yes. interesting. And it's funny, right? And so like love and light around this because I like this stuff because it makes me laugh. It shows us we're all human and that we're all the same. So I like yes. that. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Don't, don't take Great. it as a... Like a neg any part of that is a negative aspect to be and take it as a self-awareness and take it as learning and yeah, have a laugh at yourself when you catch yourself in one of those roles and change it. Yeah, babe. I love yeah. it. So I, I hope that your listeners um, take something away from today that gives them a, a clear um, option to try something new. Yes, and don't forget, I will probably mention it in the intro as well, but check out Liana. I will put all the links in description box below from the podcast, but she has been dishing up some amazing like little five-minute videos over on Instagram in the last month or so that have just been amazing. What you show up there and what you give there is just like, uh-huh, 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 every time you say it. So please go and check her out over there. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.